0: Amis, entends-tu le vol noir des corbeaux sur nos plaines le chant lourd du pays qu'on Oh
1: et All right, so we're back now. We're, we're back. God, that was that was enthusiastic. Let's yeah, do that again. Yeah, let's, right, let's go. go.
0: Oh my yeah, god. You gotta
1: do this podcast. All right, back welcome to the podcast mill. Oh my god, the podcast. My <laughs> time to make the podcasts. <laughs> Punch the clock. Yeah, yeah. Hey Ernie, yeah, yeah. hey Will. No, what uh, were what the, uh, you know, the one of the. The, the dog, the sheepdog. The dog, dog sheep and, dog and, and the wolf. Yeah. yeah I, forget I know one was Ernie, but
0: uh, oh, I can't really? remember the other So we still don't have a podcast name. Yeah, so
1: welcome back a to uh, To Be Named World War Two Brad I guess, and Ned. But it's going to be good. Oh, my when God. When it gets
0: named, it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's
1: going to be the best gonna be name ever. It's going to take us forever to come up with it. Yeah. And by the time we do, we'll have decided and to change the matter. podcast it theme. Don't once more. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, so last week we talked about a very specific incident um, mm-hmm. and a really amusing one as well. Like that was yep. got to be one of the most very lighthearted battles well, in the global bizarre. tragedy that was. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, not for Gangle. Uh, except for Gangle. Yeah. God bless
1: him. Wow. I'm pouring one out for Gangle right yeah, now. Sorry. It's a, you're going to have to clean that <laughs> up. Clean up before. Up yeah, uh,
0: But uh, so, yeah, very specific and sort of quirky yeah uh forgotten incident of the second world war which of which there's probably thousands and hopefully we'll research enough and yeah find, and i, I think that anymore
1: i think that might be what we should be doing yeah, uh, we, in the future we might do this podcast yeah but in the time being for the time being um i actually had something specific i wanted to research didn't get a chance to do so i'm going to talk about something very general That's and good. i'm just going to talk about fascism
0: yeah so fascism definitely uh it's is a, a big thing. topic.
1: It's a, it's a big and topic
0: and it was definitely connected with World yeah, War Two. Absolutely connected with the
1: Second World War. So good night everybody. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, think, okay. I think you're on your yeah. own. Yeah, why don't you guys do a podcast? Yeah, yeah, podcast? yeah exactly. It's Jesus Christ, we've been, we've been out us. here.
0: Busted our hooks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Day in, day in, well, sort of once once every six months, uh Convenient so, to drink a few beers. So, do we? We want to focus. Do we want to focus
0: on? Do you want to speak mainly to the rise of Nazism and Nazi no, Germany? no, I don't. Of I want to. I want I want to talk
1: about fascism as a concept and, and sort of and as a militarism
0: sort of, in Japan.
1: No, I'm not going to no. talk about militarism in Japan. I'm going to talk specifically about fascism. I'm going to talk about sort of the taxonomical. Same. Like, let's talk about what is fascism. Yeah. And why? And there's there's a lot going on. In interwar year, and there's a lot of political cross currents
0: yep, swirling yep. Spain, around.
1: Spain is Italy, going to be one of them. Yeah, Germany, Spain, Italy, Germany, and a
0: lot of uh,
1: a lot of countries that you a haven't lot, thought about. It. Well,
0: in a lot of countries where fascism and support to fascist leaders was very popular,
1: uh, absolutely, but very it brutal. never actually gained political they power. Never gained power and, power. and this is going to be a crucial aspect of it. Yeah. It, in practically any European country, and not just European country, but you know uh, North, America North America as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to see you know a fascist movement kicking around. Yeah. but it's only in specific countries where specific uh, circumstances prevailed that you you see fascist governments. Taking power. Taking power. So, so that's what we're going to talk about. So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about what is fascism? How is it different from like the other political strains going on there? So, you know, you've got your traditional sort of liberal parliamentarianism, you know, typified by interwar France and Britain. Yeah. You've got your conservative regimes that uh, you know you could look to what was going on in, under Admiral Horthy in uh, in Hungary or. Mm or in, uh, in Austria in the yeah. interwar years. And you've got, obviously, communism in the Soviet Union being, yeah. the, being the, the prime example. But you've also got some some red uprisings in Hungary. You've got some red uprisings in, in Germany in, in, in Germany. the immediate aftermath of, of World War One. All those are, are distinct political groupings, distinct political ideas that are actually quite different from fascism. So So what I'd like to do is give some sort of Vague outline? No, vague. I'd like to be something slightly more precise <laughs> than vague. But but the truth is, it's always going to be a little bit vague because yeah. because fascism, it's not a very intellectual, typically not uh, a, a, an intellectual political uh, political philosophy. No. Like it's. There were thinkers and, and philosophers attached to it, but they didn't actually really define the, uh, the the political movement. It had more to do with what actually went on in the street. If anything, yeah. I would describe it more as sort of like a, a political impulse, like a it's like it's reactionary. It's reactionary in the most like sort of basic sense of the word. Yeah. Like you've got reactionary, like you know. So so you you had mentioned Spain, so. Jumping ahead a little bit, uh, you know, Franco is reactionary, but he's probably not fascist. Like, he was reactionary in the sense that let's bring back the church, let's bring back the yeah. old-style order of yeah. the government, and I, and I let's bring back, you know, fascism, military discipline. So fascism is different Spain, than
0: that. So, Spanish Spanish fascists, um, I mean, obviously, you know, in '36 during the Spanish Civil War, they're supported by Italy and... But those
1: so there was a, a fascist movement in yeah. in Spain the the I call them the Falangists I believe it's actually pronounced Falangist but anyway yeah, yeah. under under Primo de Rivera but they never really took power they no. they they support. No. I mean what what you have in Germany in, in Spain is just a, a militarist authoritarian government yeah. but what I want to talk about is that weird sort of like almost theatrical militarism Of of fascism, like like Il Duce standing on you know the the, the balcony making those crazy like you know gestures gestures with with his chin and his hands, yeah, Yeah. and like like the Nuremberg rallies with these masses of troops, yeah, like what the hell was that? So I mean that is quite different from just straight up you know do what you're told. There's a natural hierarchy in life, and and I'm on top, which is just authoritarian, exactly.
0: Yeah, these old institutions that are back up. Yeah. But even, uh, as soon as I said that, I realized that even in Nazi Germany, so early Nazi Germany, uh, post sort of the last, tune into Brad Nett's Top 5, everything to our election oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, episode, yeah. where we did discuss the, the we, election. We, we always come back to World yeah. War II.
1: I think that's why we're doing a World War Two uh, podcast. just giving yeah, up the yeah, ghost yeah, here. Yeah. That's all
0: we want to talk yeah. about. Uh, we talk about the election of Adolf Hitler and uh, as chancellor. And, um, you know, I think uh, after that election in in the years short term, very short term uh, after that election, there was the old institutions in Germany, primarily the army
1: that Hitler needed. Exactly. So so, so let's so what I'm working with for. for for most of what I'm going to talk about is um, is, is a book um, got it is it Stanley Payne? I think it's Stanley Payne's The Anatomy of Fascism and sure. he actually says if you want to understand fascism, don't look at what they say look at what they do yeah so because they're, they're going to say all kinds of crazy stuff but really sure. it's it's their uh, their actions that you've got to look at and before you look at that you've got to look at sort of like the, the social conditions that give root to it yeah give, give birth to, to fascism. A lot of what people have talked about is they've described fascism as as colonialism coming home to roost so so they, they look okay. at like the way the way the Germans treated the Herrera um, at, the, at the beginning of the 20th century end of the 19th century in um, in Southwest Africa so so German colonial empire yeah. in Africa they uh, there was an uprising by the Herrera and a couple of other groups within within the German you know imperial possessions in Africa they drove them into the desert. Poisoned the well and basically left them there to die. They committed genocide yeah. essentially, and 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 it's been described that okay, so what you see in Germany and and Hannah Arendt is one of the people who's talked about this, and some other people have said you see those tactics, that sort of mindset coming back to what's described as the metropole, but the home country. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. basically imperialism, colonialism, being being. Uh, played out within within the home country. I don't really buy that. I don't buy that I either. Don't, I don't buy that because it's
0: highly flawed. Because yeah. I
1: think I think if you look at like like the birthplace of fascism, which is Italy, really. Yeah. Like Italy didn't really have much of a colonial empire before that. It had not like. At all. Eritrea and, in the 1880s, it had, had Libya in 1911, but it it wasn't like a big. And who had maybe. a cornerstone of colonial empire? Yeah, it was Britain. Britain. Yeah, and, so and and neither of them functioned yeah. as a
0: liber- as not a liberal democracy, yeah. but a parliamentary democracy. So yeah. no.
1: So so I think what you have That's to look at I've, you have to look at the experience of World War One. So you do. So it's, if you're, if you're it's saying fundamental, what is fascism? You're, you're saying fascism is a mixture of things. But one of the, 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 the biggest components of it is a militarism, is a, is a love of action, a love of violence. Yeah. And, and the birthplace of that is World War One. I. I don't think you can, you can say it's, it's the colonial experience because the countries where fascism yeah. really takes root don't yeah. have much of a colonial experience. But they do have a pretty big experience in World War One. I. Yeah. I. mean I mean, Italy didn't do well in World War I. But, I mean, it fought no, some pretty grisly battles say, up in the, uh, and in the Dolomites and, and, and
0: all that. And sort of where fascism uh, grows in these two countries after the First World War through the 1920s 1930s are both rooted in their experiences at the end of the First World War. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Freikorps of, in Germany. And these like sort see, of lies, they were lies yeah. that came out that were
1: leveraged by... Oddly enough, conservatives.
0: Yeah. So, so that's, Just that's the second thing. So, so <laughs> yeah. we've
1: we've got we've got a militarism, a love of violence. So, so you've got the the squadristi, which were these these roving bands of of sort of ex soldiers in Italy who were sort yeah. of vigilantes. You've got this weird moment. So, Italy. Italy is pissed off. So, the other thing we're talking about is is a resentment, a national Resent. resentment. So, Germany is obviously pissed off because it lost the frickin' war yeah. and they, and, and and they it have lost a lot of territory. There was, the, there was, yeah, they had this stab, stab, in the back stab in the
0: back theory that they were like, nope, German army could have kept fighting, yeah. could have won, it, which is a total lie. It, yeah. <laughs> Hindenburg, so,
1: who became president, he. Boulon knew that he yeah. actually sold the army oh, yeah. out, uh, they, they and then sold, just lied. Sold he sold the army out and then handed the whole to the new bag of Republic, to, socialist the, to the Weimar Republic and the Socialists. Exactly. And, and then blamed them
0: for yeah. it when yeah. it was yeah. his fault. Yes.
1: But that lie, that lie rests well. So, so this is this is function two. You have got yeah. militarism. You got you've got uh, condition two, which is resentment. Italy was actually on the winning side of the war, but just didn't get all they the didn't crap get what they wanted. wanted. So what they really they felt wanted, yeah, the, yeah, what they. I mean, what they what they were hoping for was sort of like a uh, an empire around the Adriatic, yeah. but instead, like they create country, yeah, of yeah. Yugoslavia. There's this weird moment in sort of two thousand uh, sorry, two thousand nineteen eighteen nineteen nineteen around the city of what was then called Fiume, yeah, Fiume and yeah. now was, I think it's Rijeka, uh, which is in which is in Croatia, where where these the sort of Italian vigilantes under yeah. under this poet called Donizio yeah, yeah, take take De Nuzio, control yeah. of of the city yeah. and and basically claim it for Italy of yeah. their own of their own volition, which is actually weirdly kind of what the Japanese army did in Manchuria uh, ten years later. But anyway, well, we'll uh, Mussolini loved. Uh, oh yeah, well, he actually name, yeah he uh, actually De Nuzio, sold out yeah. Donizio, but, yeah, I mean, but only but only for political reasons. But early on, but, on yeah. he really liked yeah. him. Yeah. So, but that so that, will be, a that will be that will be probably number four. <laughs> So we've got we've got militarism, we've got uh we've got national resentment, we've got this notion of like yeah. the world is out to get us. Yeah. Built on a lie. Built on a this yeah. is important. Yeah. Like Well all of this is built on a bit of a lie. It's it's, it's you know It's built on a lie. Certainly Germany is definitely built on a lie. Yeah. Italy Italy like does Italy deserve more? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's I, like, I mean yeah. I mean, you look at Hungary, which is another the, the initial countries where yeah. where Fascism doesn't really take power until much later and only under very attenuated circumstances but it's one of the earliest places where fascism grows up um, and and they totally got screwed out of World War one now whether they deserve to be I don't know but I mean coming into World War one they are one of the the sort of the kingdoms within Central the, the powers, austro- yeah. austro-hungarian Empire yeah. they're, they're an imperial power they owned they owned all of the South Slavs they owned yeah. you know all of Transylvania. They come out after the Treaty of Trianon. They're this tiny little stump of a country that they are today, you know. And I think, I think, you know, I don't want to speak for all Hungarians, but I think there's a there's a continuing resentment within Hungary that they lost a lot of territory. And they, you know, they ain't what they used to be. Um, anyway, so so you've, you've got you've got this resentment with the outside world as to as to how you're treated. The third, and I think crucial precondition, and I think this might be the biggest one, is. Um, Reaction to a left-wing policy, so so there's got to be a reaction against socialism or the threat of communism.
0: I would say the threat of communism. Yeah. What's, yeah, yeah. Because
1: I mean, so in Italy, immediately after the war, you've got the I'm not going to do the Italian language justice, uh, but the the two year the two red years, yeah, yeah where yeah, yeah. where there's there's a there's a huge um, outpouring of support yeah. for, for for socialist government. In Germany, immediately after uh, World War One, you've got the Spartacist revolutions yep. and these communist revolutions. In Hungary, you've got Bela Kuhn's communist revolution. Yeah. N- none of these, none of these things last. I mean, uh, the uh, in in Germany, the the communist revolutions are put down brutally by the Freikorps yeah. under orders from the socialist government. Yeah, so, exactly. so I mean, there's yeah. there's all kinds of stuff turning yeah. on. But you need to have this fear. Amongst, particularly the middle class and the sort of the, the yeah, shopkeeper and, class yeah. of, of socialism, and amongst the higher yeah. industrialist, that, an that, yeah.
0: that there's a threat to the uh, sort of the, the there's a threat to the the old economic way. Yeah, communism yeah. is a threat, and it's manifested through this softer version of yeah. socialism. So,
1: and, and this I think is if you're going to boil it down, and maybe you can't boil it down, but if I were going to boil it down. I would say the essential feature of, of fascism is it's sort of like this integralist notion of, of what society is, where socialism says society is divided up into classes that are mutually antagonistic and there's this constant yeah. fight between between classes and, and, you know, in socialism or communism, one class is destined to, to prevail. In um, liberal democracy society is bifurcated into these interest groups that take the form of political parties and they're constantly, you know, yeah. haggling with each other in uh, in parliament. Fascism says, no, screw all that. The nation is one single yep. group working together, and that's all we do. What's the purpose of the nation? The purpose of the nation <laughs> is to be greater than every single other nation. nation. How is it, the nation greater than every single other nation – it conquers them through yeah. violence. So yeah. it's like, it's this weird id impulse to unite the nation in this almost orgy of violence where you yeah. just sort of like just head out you into the expand. world. You 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 unite and then you expand. Yeah. But of course, if you're uniting, and this is kind of where that notion of, of the colonial experience comes in, it's always united against something. Yeah, so you're, 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 you're... You need you're, an other. Yeah. So... You're obviously united against every other country, but you also need that other catalyst, right? So, so now usually this takes a racial aspect. In Germany, Germany is obviously definitely did yeah Yeah. is is the classic example where where it takes on a racial aspect against against the Jews, against well specifically against the Jews, but also against like the Roma, the Slavs, and so on. Homosexuals, yeah. In in Italy, it doesn't have that that, that no. racial aspect. No, it's mostly against just leftists. Yeah. It's, it's more a political thing. But either way, they they very clearly define that there is an internal enemy. Yeah, we have to fight. However, it. however you yeah. want to define it, and that's what you're united against. Yeah. So I think that is what makes fascism fascism sort of a, a unique political experience, a, a unique political movement. Is that sense of no, we're not divided. We're united, but there's an enemy within us that, mm-hmm. that needs to be eradicated and that's sort we're of We're gonna use
0: that leverage yeah. to unite us. Yeah, that's exactly. what's gonna unite us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
1: then I think the final aspect is, and this goes back to what we were talking about, you know, screwing uh, Mussolini screwing over Nunzio yeah. or um, the light of the Night, night of, the of the Long Knives. And that is so you've got you've got um you've got you've got fascism movements everywhere in the in the interwar period. You know, you've got the blue shirts in in Ireland, yep. you've got yeah blue Moden. shirts
0: in, in Quebec.
1: Oh, really? Were they blue shirts? Because yeah, it's always yeah. interesting what color shirt yeah, they're, gonna, they're gonna they're gonna Brown choose. Shirts, you've green got the shirts. yeah, you've got the arrow cross in, in Hungary. Hungary. You've got yeah. the Legion of the Archangel Michael <sighs> in uh, in awesome. Romania. The hands down, the weirdest uh, fascist movement um, in Romania. Uh, yeah, in Romania, it just the uh, so so they they're, so far as I know. They're the only strictly orthodox Christian fascist movement, and they were yeah. very much religious in the way that they other were. groups weren't.
0: Yeah. and they, they had, had priests in their ranks. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. And they yeah. had they had like there was always sort of a, a death cult within all fascist groups, but they were the most explicit. I remember reading about I can't remember the details, but one of their one of their leaders was accused of you know uh, treason within yeah. from within their ranks. So, you know, a group of seven or eight of them went there. He was, he went there being, he was actually in hospital for some reason, probably because he tried to be assassinated or yeah. was a subject to an attempted at assassination. They went there with axes and they, they all took turns hacking at him with an axe, okay. dipped their hands in their blood and then performed some sort of ritual. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, there's, there's, there's a whole bizarre death call in that joint. But for all the theatricality, there's also like, in the places where it's, where it's successful, there's like a real hard nosed opportunism. There's purges. There's yeah, purges yeah. and there's compromises, yeah. and that's fascism in power is very different from fascism on the streets or fascism yeah. in uh, in opposition. Yeah. Fascism in power is a linking of the magnates, the industrialists, the the, the your traditional conservative. Yeah authorities with this mass movement this theatrical mass movement mm-hmm. and usually what happens is it's actually the theatrical mass movement well in germany what happens is the theatrical mass movement that gets the upper hand right yeah it's like von papen going yeah you be chancellor hitler i'll be deputy chancellor but you know we sort of nudging all all his you know his industrialists uh, yeah, like, don't worry all, the, all, the real power is going to be all right yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Papen was a-
1: Von Poppen Just, has got to be one of the. He's one of the dumbest. He's the people. guy I hate the most. He's so
0: stupid. Yeah, so stupid. Now he had a team within him, almost like a think tank that worked for him, uh, and they were sort of the last step um, to sort of thwart Hitler uh, in sort of in, after the la- after one of the first elections that had Hitler yeah. as chancellor, and many of those guys ended up. On the night of the Long Knives, yeah. they get yeah. killed. they were. They weren't really household names, but they were leading um, thinkers of the time, writers, uh, political scientists. Yeah, in fact, in
1: fact, in because von Poppen actually made a speech. Yes, critical well, of, of the, Hitler. What, and and was not. And written, the speechwriter got yes, arrested and killed, and killed in the night of the Long Knives. <laughs> well, and yeah.
0: like. Many of them were tortured to find out who wrote that speech, yeah. and it was this one uh, young youngin, I think his name. His okay, name, yeah, I didn't, like I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, is is somewhat famous. Like he is definitely uh, political conservative. So he believes. Yeah. So you know, if it is youngin, I'll look it up here in a minute. So he definitely believed in in much of what is espoused in fascism. This idea of like the nation needs to be unified. It yeah. needs to be powerful, and it needs to consume. Like, yeah. it needs to start expanding, but. He did not believe in – he sort of softened it over time. But he definitely believed more – he sort of softened the idea that he believed more in political elites. Yeah. Okay? You know, uh, that, you know – Political elites should be governed. Yeah, there's like people a class that this notion, like a, like a, yeah, an and, yeah, and he also was one of the ones like, yeah, and it should be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I, always funny how that I'm works. I'm smarter out. Yeah. than all the rest of you. I,
1: I believe in political elites. And yeah, don't choose me. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, he was like, yeah, no, I'm smarter than all of you all. Yeah, and he actually was quite smart. He yeah. wrote, you know, some brilliant prose. I think some of it questionable. Some of his political theory. Yeah.
1: he's the one that wrote
0: Popov's yeah. speech, and yes, definitely paid for
1: it. Yeah. So, but but even in taking ascendancy, the Nazi Party still made compromises. The Night of the Long Knives being a big one, where they purged the party,
0: in order to of sort of
1: the street fighting roughnecks exactly the in, homosexual in order, aspects, like like all the like room realm. yeah exactly yeah. like in all, order
0: to like sort of appease the army yeah. to appease uh, the industrialists to yeah. appease to appease the old Protestant yeah. conservatives yeah yeah. So yeah. in this
1: sense, like the the, the Marxist. Category no characterization of fascism as basically sort of like the final stage of capitalism. I mean, I don't buy that as a historical. Thing, but in this specific instance, yes. In order yeah. to take power, fascism cannot do it on its own. It yeah. needs to be abetted. It needs to be brought into power. It needs yeah. to have either Victor Emmanuel the Third or <laughs> yeah. or von Papen. You know, to to offer them. Well, Hindenburg. Hindenburg I think really, yeah, it was Hindenburg, von
0: Papen. It was Hindenburg. And Hindenburg was a conservative, like he was ultra conservative. Uh, He always uh, wanted to unite the right in uh, Germany and and Hitler ended up sort of being the incarnation of that to some degree. Um, It's interesting to look at Germany specifically, more than because I don't know anything about Italy and I'm not going to talk about it. (laughs) So I find it interesting to talk about fascism in in Germany and uh, sort of you know, all of these elements you describe, I agree with all these elements that you describe. that you sort of need these, you know, these, these ingredients in your, in your soup, uh, to make this fascist soup and sort of all the pieces falling into place at a certain time and period and why they did. So you have the victimization and the lie of the, of the stab in the back. Uh, you have, you know, a scapegoat for it, the, the Weimar Republic, you have a you know, a, a racial enemy inside Germany that you can unite against, and you have an old history of anti-Semitism yeah. in Germany, so that was pretty easy to leverage but, that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, that you, have, was you, have a, simple. you have a pretty rich history of anti-Semitism in Europe. throughout Europe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Pretty much
0: around the globe, but I mean, Germany, in particular because of this is what we're discussing. So you have that. All of that works really well. You had but what I find very fascinating. Uh, with Nazi Germany in the 1930s and the sort of and the rise of, of of Nazi of the Nazi Party and li- legitimization of it, the eventual uh, Hitler becoming chancellor and then just sort of you know once Hindenburg dies, just well, I might as well take yeah. over the presidency yeah. too, and now we're good. There was a bit of a rural-urban divide as well, yeah, and an that's
1: important. so the the initial. Nazi um, sort of constituency yeah. was much more rural than I realized. It was, rural. yeah, and it was, and it was actually the same thing in Italy. Yeah. So it was it was sort of like in in Italy it was the Squadristi, these these original sort of the essay of yeah. the Italian fascists in the in the in the early 1920s, the very early 1920s before yeah. they took power, um, who were who were basically protecting farmers from the landless laborers. Right. That they that they had to hire because up until that point, and by up until that point, I mean sort of the two years after World War One, in Italy, um, during those those two red years as they were called, the the landless laborers were being unionized by by the socialists, right. and then the, so so landowners who wanted to hire had to go through the socialists and, and so the socialists yeah. sort of work um, work. I don't know offices, you know, basically labor offices go there to hire their their la- their, their laborers under you know bene- beneficial conditions for the for the laborers. Right. The Squadristi came in and basically literally burnt down these these labor offices run by the socialists and said, "No, no, if you, wanna hire, you. Uh, if you want to hire, if you want to hire, you'll hire them through us." And and they they would hire out the labor on much more uh, the, advantageous terms for the for the landowners rather than the uh, the laborers.
0: The division in Germany is very interesting because it is this sort of old Protestant world. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're telling any lies here that. Rural communities are typically more small C conservative, and they sort of h- hang their hats on a time when things were good. You know, mm. it's sort of like you know wandering back to a better time. Yes,
1: <laughs> there must have been a better time, otherwise, why are we stuck on this far? Like there right must here? have been a reason. Like, why things were better. Yeah, exactly. Things so, were so. better. You know. Yeah.
0: And this sort of idea, and uh, so this was common in Germany, uh, certainly after the Great Depression, 1929, and uh, the rural Protestant and rural Protestantism, I think becomes becomes very uh, an important dimension of this as well, and that they they looked at uh, cities, especially Berlin. Overwhelmingly Berlin. They looked at yeah. Berlin, which was like you know as a Canadians here, like it was like the Toronto yes. of yes. Germany. Yes, yes. Germany's den time. of iniquity. Yeah, they, yeah. They yeah, looked yeah. at it like oh, man, yeah. it's like where all the races are mixing. There's yeah. all these Jews and immigrants, and that was the other thing too. Uh, and again, I, I hate to keep. I don't mean to make this a political science. Uh, podcast or a, a comment comment on modern day but boy it's hard not
1: to it's, it's really hard
0: because what you have also yes. flooding germany at this time are refugees coming yeah. from the east yeah so uh overwhelmingly jews uh, that are coming from poland and are coming from uh, the ukraine that have been uh put through sort of purges in in Stalin's Germany. I wouldn't be Stalin at this point, but... uh, Well, I guess... Yeah, yeah, in the 30s. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking earlier. And they're starting to flood into... Or they flooded into Germany. And, you know, they're... You know, the economy is what it is. And now you've got more of an enemy. And the rural uh, folks do not like these new people. And many of these new people are settling in Berlin to find work, of course, in industrial Berlin. And so you have this sort of rural urban divide you have a, a multi-ethnic uh, multi-religious uh, uh, and very progressive liberal uh, small l liberal berlin yeah which is seen by rural conservative protestant um germany as 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 just perverse well uh, i mean you can as, see it in there in
1: you know the the, the Nazi denunciation of uh, you know degenerate art and they did, exactly like, you know, the, yeah jazz the big presentations uh, yeah presentations, all this exhibitions of uh, yeah. degenerate art yeah and uh,
0: boy uh, I'm not gonna actually start I'm, I'm purposely using examples. Not doing that yeah so going I'm to so so I'm gonna stop it yeah but I think anyone who decides yeah. to listen to this podcast can see exactly what I'm talking about yeah. you would need to be an idiot not to make this connection. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think um, I think that's. Uh, yeah, we'll
1: drop it there and we'll walk away from it. I think I think. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else we want to say? I mean, no, I don't think so. Um, I think uh, so. You mentioned what was the book again? Oh, uh, Anatomy of Fascism. I think it's Stanley Payne. Okay. Uh, if I, I can drop one as well,
0: which I yeah. really enjoyed, uh, The Death of Democracy, uh, Rise, Hitler's Rise and Power, and the Fall of the Weimar Republic, by Benjamin Carter Het. Oh, okay. Uh, excellent book. Uh, two good books. Uh, it's a fascinating period of time in European history and I think it's uh, you know I think civics you know where the the sort of interplay of politics political science civics history military history you know I think why uh, we do this podcast I think it's an important thing for people to grasp onto it's why we're out there on that wall we're making it happen people yeah listen to us protecting society (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's having right.
1: beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, have a great democratic night, everybody.
0: You bet. Have a good night.